A very blessed good afternoon po sa ating lahat. Thank you for keep on coming. As you are know, pastorals, elders, and the board are all together to uh, make ourselves in a safe zone, not to prevent virus, uh, not to spread, not to to prevent <laughs> spreading of the virus, but at the same time we are doing our everything to uh, to have our own community. Diba sabi nga sa word Hebrew 10.25 that do not forsake of meeting up together as some of the habit of doing so but we are doing it with the precautionary and of course we are encouraging to no, to do everything in our own uh, even the personal hygiene to stop the spreading of the virus but we are encouraging also you to spread the smiles no? not the virus but the smiles so Kaya parang nakaka-tension, ano? merong fear, merong anxiety, sabi nga Mr. Salvez, anxiety, and merong uh, doubt sa ating future, but uh, we praise God that He is sovereign, He is in control of everything. Today we will uh, discuss a topic that assigned to me, and uh, once again I want to remind us our theme for this year And our theme is for, for this year is uh, st- ano, starting right and finishing soon. <laughs> finishing well. Ayan, finishing well. Finishing soon is another meaning na. So finishing well. And uh, Pastor Well discussed or uh, shared to us his topic on uh, spiritual healing uh, through the life of Bartimaeus that we can see that the message of uh, the gospel doesn't stop even a blind man like Bartimaeus from seeing the real God and who he is by giving him a spiritual eyes to see Jesus Christ. Kaya sabi ni Pastor Rebeldon, Christ heals our blindness that we may see and have a new life. So after that, Bartimaeus saw Jesus and start to follow him. Kaya nga, di ba, we are called followers of Christ. So this time, I was assigned a topic from Galatians 5 to talk about Christian liberty. Yeah, Christian liberty from Galatians. Of course, many of us love the book of Galatians. And it's a very short book. It's actually a letter. And um, even a great reformer, Martin Luther, favorite book, Is, was Galatians. He see Galatians as his wife, like uh, he is wedded to it, sabi niya nga, and he said that the Galatian is my Catherine Von Bora. Catherine Von Bora was the name of his wife. So, ganun niya kamahal ang um, Galatians. Christian liberty is an English word, is an old English word actually, came from the Latin libertas. In Spanish, it is called libertad. So now you know what's the meaning of libertad. It means freedom. So when you reach uh, liber- libertad, so of course, it's not free. You have to pay fare to this libertad station. And liberty is an old English word, like what I said. And actually, in 1800s, famous siya. In 1886, There was a gift given from France to United States of America to commemorate their 100 years of independence. 
that gift is in a form of a statue. And I think you know this statue. The name is Liberty. Statue of Liberty. Uh, I think it's... Uh, uh, ang proper name niya is... Uh, Liberty... I will get it later. So the Statue of Liberty was uh, one of the designer or architect of this uh, form was Gustave Eiffel. Gustave Eiffel uh, designed the metal frame structure and after a few years, he designed another tower and put it in Paris called, according to his name, is Tour Eiffel or Eiffel Tower. So ganun siya, ka-famous na person. And this Liberty statue is around 150 plus the podium, 300 feet tall and around 92 meters. If you put mapex, three mapex on top of the other, this statue is still higher. So it was given to commemorate the July 4th, 1766 of, of Independence Day of America. But it's so high that we, people seldom notice the feet. The feet was seen uh, with broken chains and broken shackles, signifying that they have liberated themselves from the bondage of slavery. And then the upper or the right part of the feet was slightly elevated to say, that, to indicate that they are, they are moving forward from the bondage of slavery. So somehow... Today, that is our topic that we're talking about, liberty or freedom from the bandage of sin and from the bandage and curse of sin. So we will be reading today Galatians 5 and we will entitle this uh, sermon in a form of a question, are you really free? So I hope at the end of the sermon we can answer this affirmatively. So let us stand as we read the Text from Galatians 5, verses 1 to 6. I will read from my Bible, but I will flash it so we can read all together. So let us start. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision... Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again in every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been severed from Christ. You have, who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit by faith are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, O God, for this time of worship, that we can worship you, O God, through your word. Let us, Lord, be sensitive and open our hearts, O God, to receive your instructions through your word. May your spirit kindle our hearts, O God, and open our minds, O God, to understand the meaning and apply it into our lives as we live our freedom, O God, for your glory. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So let us uh, have a seat. Galatians 
has uh, six books or six chapters. Sorry, six chapters. And we will be discussing on the fifth chapter. So, merong Galatians 1, 2, 3, and 4 na namis natin. So, to understand Galatians 5, I think we have to spend a couple of minutes to understand the background of Galatia. As you know, we ha- there is 13 books of Apostle Paul written in the New Testament. Nine of them address to different churches. And how it happens was because uh, normally Paul went to a mission. There's first missionary journey, second missionary journey, and third missionary journeys. And he's, in his first missionary journey, he came with Barnabas. I think si Barnabas. Of course, with John, John Mark. But John Mark left them. After he left them, they reached the region of Galatia. So Galatians actually was addressed to the southern part of Galatia. That, ha- that was, uh, you have Pisidia, Lystra, Derbe, and Iconium. So yun yung mga region, ng, uh, southern region of Galatia. And Paul preached the gospel, of course, first to the Jew. But when the Jew rejected him, he preached to the Gentiles. And what happened in Acts 13 verse 48 Many Gentiles believe the gospel. And what is the gospel? It means, what is the good news that, preach, that Paul preached? That there is a way to be right with God. That there is a way to be correct, to be not guilty in the eyes of God. And that is by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who died, crucified, was buried, and rise again on the third day. And many Gentiles believe. Galatians. But something happened. The trouble started. So he left the Galatians with full of confidence, with the vibrant churches. But suddenly, there are false teachers that came to these churches. These false teachers introduced another teaching or another doctrine. First, to destroy the works of Paul, they, they are teaching that Paul was not in authority that the false teachers were the highest authority because they were sent by the Jerusalem churches like James, the brother of Christ, Peter. So they claim authority to Paul and Paul is just trying to please men so that they will, they, Paul can win them. And another false teachers did was they teach a distorted gospel which sabi ni Paul in Galatians 1.6 it was really not a gospel because what they are teaching to the Galatians is salvation by works through circumcision. It means if you want to really have to be right with God, if you want to, be, to really have a, a, a good relationship with God, you have to be circumcised. You have to go through the mosaic uh, circumcision or rituals. So it means salvation now becomes salvation by works. So it's another gospel. That's why Paul is so furious in writing this Galatian. And if you want to know how, what Paul's personality, when he wants to get angry, read the book of Galatians. Because he really uh, no, uh, outpour his, uh, his anger, holy anger, because of the Galatians' uh, trouble. Paul was furious and... Uh, in the picture, you can see he's really stressed, no? Uh, I mean, it's just an impression. 
But what actually those false uh, teachers, they are called Judaizers. Judaizers are false uh, brethren, sabi nga ni Paul sa letter. They are claiming to be Christians, but actually they are implementing another gospel or implementing another way of salvation. Judaizers came, of course, from the Greek verb to live according to the Jewish customs from Galatians to verse 14. At yun ang nakita natin na masyado silang legalist. They are in the legalist group. Remember Matthew 23 verse 23 when Jesus Christ confronted the Pharisee? He said in Matthew 23, 23, you, oh hypocrites addressing the Pharisee, you are tithing even to the smallest seas that you have but you have neglected the weightier provisions of the law. It means, Jesus said, it is rightful to tithe everything, but it is not lawful to neglect the heavier weight of the law, which is justice, mercy, and righteousness, and faithfulness. So makita natin, ito yung teaching ni Jesus Christ that the legalism is very, was very rigid and very particular in the smaller uh, details, but they have forgotten the bigger detail, which is to love others as yourself. Yun ang nangyari sa false teaching ng mga Judaizers. So now, we will go to our first uh, point, but before going, just as a summary, Galatians 1 and 2, Paul de- defended his authority as apostle, and Galatians 3 and 4 um, defended the purity of the gospel, that salvation is by grace alone, through faith in Christ alone. So our first point that we will be talking about is the promise of Christ's freedom. Promise of Christ's freedom, we will get the first half of verse 1. Sabi rito, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. During the ministry of Jesus Christ, three years, it's a quite long ministry, three years, but not too long for missionaries. Three years when he started his ministry, he went to Galilee. And before he started the ministry around, along the region of Galilee, he was uh, preaching inside the synagogue and a scroll, a text handed to him and he read it. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and to set free those who are oppressed. This is what he is preaching and that's what he is promised. And actually, my friends, Jesus not only proclaimed the release of the captives, not only set free those who are oppressed, but actually, he did it, he accomplished it, he provided it. And you will ask why or how? How he provided freedom for us, for those captives and oppressed? The answer is behind me. I mean, the cross. So he sacrificed himself on the cross. He shed his blood, crucified, 
and he died for us as the only sacrifice that is pleasing to God. Because the other sacrifice, the lamb, the bulls, will not even satisfy the wrath of God. It's just a shadow or a picture that one day there will be a sacrifice that will really satisfy the holiness of God. That's why the animals, year after year, they are sacrificing. But when Jesus Christ died, he said, it is finished. It is paid for. It is accomplished. He do it through the cross that we cannot imagine. Kaya nga, sabi ni John, Behold, pointing to Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And then during, after a year of his ministry, Jesus Christ talked to the Pharisee in John chapter 8. In John chapter 8, as it always happened when Jesus Christ during his public ministry, they have, he had many following, you know, like your Instagram, your Facebook. You have many following or followers. And Jesus Christ also had many followers. But very few are really, were really true followers. And one of their, his followers were actually religious leaders. Of course, we know that religious leaders following him not to, because they like his sermon, but actually they're watching when he will make a mistake so they can catch him. So there's an account in John 8 that Jesus Christ preaching to them and he said, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free or will set you free in other translation. And then they reacted, these religious leaders. How come you say we, have, we need to be set free, but actually we are free. We are children of Abraham. We are not enslaved of anyone. So that's where they reply. And you know what Jesus Christ replied? Truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. So what they are not getting at is they are in bondage of sin. Not actually them. Actually, all of us, all people are in bondage of sin. Yes, we have free will. We are here because we, are, we, we choose to be here. We have free choice. Of course, there are some expression like in the work, no, no choice, uh, no choice, meaning there is there's another, another story. But what's the meaning here of Jesus Christ is in reality, our free choice or our free will is not actually free. It was on bondage of sin because every one of us are fallen and every choosing that we choose always affected by our sinful nature. That's why sometimes we always hear we, we are sinners because we sin. But actually the reverse is correct. It's the right one. We sin because we are sinners. It means it is normal for people to sin because there is this, that was the sinful nature of a fallen man. But of course when Christ set us free, we have now the power to choose God. So when uh, verse 36 said, Jesus said, so if the Son, pointing to Jesus Christ, makes you free, you will be free indeed. 
you will really free from the curse of sin, from the bondage of sin. Of course, it doesn't mean that we can, when we, are, we receive Christ, we are free what to do, what we want. Uh, there's one, I mean, one moment in our lives, I think all of us in our lives, the, one of the happiest moments in our lives, when we go to school and we attend our class, and suddenly a co-teacher, a co-teacher of our teacher, will announce, today you don't have teachers, so you are free to do what you want to do. Of course, we don't, we don't have teacher. We will not, uh, we, what we used to do is, no, we write on the blackboard, we bully our classmates, we roam around, we litter, and even some went to watch a cinema. But that's not what we are talking about, freedom. And when we say freedom, there is a word called antinomian. We always hear this antinomian, it's a big word, but actually it's a two word combined into one. What is this antinomian? Anti means against, and nomian from the root word nomos meaning law. There are beliefs that they are under grace so they can do what they want. Sometimes they call this hypergrace. Since I'm in grace, no, I can do whatever I want, whether sinful or not, I will do it. But Paul in Galatians 5 verse 13, he said, For if you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another. So there's a caution. If the legalists were very rigid, the word is they neglected you know, the waiter uh, demands of the law just for these minute details. But on the other extreme, the antinomian, the hypergrace uh, group, they use, they abuse actually the freedom that they have in Jesus Christ. So there is a warning on that, and I hope we understand the freedom that we have in Christ. So that's the promise of Christ that we will be set free. The other half of verse 1, we can call it the precept of Christ's freedom. Kanina is the promise, a promise to keep. Now is a precept or in another word, command, commandments, a command to follow. Second half of verse 1 is said, Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. So if you are looking, when we, you, when we study sometimes the, the text of the Bible, we look for the verb, meaning for the action, because the action will lead us to something important details. And in our, tech, in our text, I think this is the most, uh, this is the obvious actions that Paul written. The keep standing firm. We can divide into two. First is the positive precept or the positive command. Those things that we have to do. And he encouraged us, actually command us to keep standing firm. Then you will ask why Paul really give if emphasis on keep standing firm. First, Paul knows that Galatians were easily deceived, not, not saying with, with the Bereans. Galatians in the Hellenistic time, in the time of Greek Empire, Galatia was uh, occupied by the Celtic people. Celtic people came from the Western Europe, like France. 
they are the co- they are called the Gaul. You know, if you are watching uh, uh, Gladiator, they are warriors. But the problem is they are easily deceived. So he knows the weakness of the Galatia. And another thing is, Paul knows who are the false teachers because he was once a Pharisee. See Paul. If you look in his profile, of course, uh, I also have this mind uh, on the back of my mind. Maybe I can check Facebook to look what is uh, the profile of Paul. So I type Apostle Paul, and there's one guy named Apostle Paul, but he was not. He's not from Tarsus. He is from Nigeria. So I think this is not the Apostle Paul wearing tuxedo. Later, you can check. But what is the profile of Apostle Paul? Let's look on Philippians 3, verse 5 to 6. Paul was circumcised on the eighth day. It means Paul was really uh, following the traditions and customs and rituals of a Jewish. He is of the nation of Israel. He is a true blue Singap- oh, Singaporean. Sorry. He is a true blue Israelite. <laughs> And the third one, he is from the tribe of Benjamin. Be- tribe of Benjamin is so important because two, two out of 12 tribes were, uh, uh, how to say, faithful to, the, to God. That is Judah and Benjamin, and, south, and normally called Southern Kingdom. And one of the, I mean, the first king of Israel came from the tribe of Benjamin. And many Israelites, did not know where are that where are their tribes where did where tribes they belong to, but Paul knows his tribes, and he is a Hebrew of Hebrews. It means it's pure, no mixture, and as to the law, a Pharisee. There are three. There were three religious leaders in Israel: the Pharisees, Sadducees, and the Essenes. The most strict uh, on the law was the Pharisee. Shang napaka strict. Kaya alam na alam niya si ang way of Pharisee. And he was trained under Gamaliel, good teacher, a good on his way to Pharisee. And then he, for the sake of the law, or for the sake of this you know, very strict requirements of a Jewish custom, he even persecuted the church. Remember the martyr of uh, Stephen? He's the one gave approval to stone to death. Uh, Stephen. And last one, as to the righteousness which is in the law, of course, if there is some standard that can be based according to the law, he will be found blameless. So, si Paul, nakita natin is, if a Jewish guy will dream of something, this is the number one dream of his life. This is the good, great achievements, top of the class, and uh, if you have this, I think you will be a good and a great Pharisee. But the thing is, kubagas a French word, sabi nila is creme de la creme. It means this achievement is the best of the best. Wala ka nang ibababa pa dyan. So ganoon ang achievement ni Paul. Kaya kung pwedeng, kung pwedeng meron mag-boast on the human achievements, Kayang-kaya niyang sapawan yung mga false teachers. Kumbaga, papunta pa lang sila. Nakabalik na siya. Parang ganon. Uh, expression. So, best of the best. 
But something happened. Why he, he, he's doing preaching to the Gentiles? Something happened. You know what? In Acts 9, he saw the glory of Christ, the risen Christ. He called him and then he said, Lord, who are you? I am Christ, Jesus, whom you are persecuting. When he saw the glory of Christ and compared it to his great achievements, nakita niya great achievements niya, considered loss. He don't care about his achievements. What he needed and what he cared is to know the surpassing value of knowing Christ. For him, this is what I am looking for. Dibali na yung great achievements, but this is what I am looking for. He don't after prosperity. He don't after popularity. He after Jesus Christ. Kaya nga, if there is a way to, to weigh all the human achievements, on top of that, you weigh all the majesty of creation, and on top of that, you put all the richness of the world, and then on the other scale, you put Jesus Christ, He will outweigh everything. Because Jesus Christ is the only person, is the only way that we can be saved. Even all the richness, all the achievements of humanness, all the beauty of the world, it can never remove any single sin among us. Only Jesus Christ. That's why Paul, when he sees the glory of Christ, this is my finish line. Remember our theme is in the picture of race. Jesus Christ is our finish line. We run after Christ. We don't run after prosperity. We don't run those uh, things that weight us and sin that easily entangles us. But we run toward Christ because Christ is the glory of the Lord. And then we go to the another precept, another command, which is the negative or in the form of do not. Do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Paul telling the Galatians not to put themselves in burden and to live again to, to a legalistic way of life. Kumbaga, ang Galatians, there is no connection between Jewish custom, but these false teachers telling them before you really become a Christian or become a follower of God, you have to follow us, our legalistic way. You follow the Mosaic law. And what is the Mosaic law? Mosaic law was the law given by Moses throughout the entire books of Pentateuch, meaning the five books of Moses. First, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And there are many of them. I think hundreds. Maybe it can go up to 600. I'm not sure. But we can have it in three divisions. First is the civil law. Civil law deals with dispute with individual. For example, murder, thief, divorce. And it was expired because it, of the demise, you know, sudden uh, removal of Jewish civil government. Diba? Na-occupy sila. And then next was ceremonial law. Ceremonial law, ito yung dietary law, what to eat, what to drink, what to, how to wash, 
what to like circumcision, observe the feast, the Sabbath, the special day, expired with the fulfillment of priestly work of Christ. And the other law, which is the moral law, there's no expiration because it is based on God's character. Remember, God is unchangeable. God is immutable. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If God is holy in Old Testament, He's still holy in the New Testament. So those ceremonial law, dietary law, dietary law, food, rituals, feast, observing Sabbath, actually were shadows and elementary principles. Sabi sa Galatians 4.9, how is that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things or in ESV, elementary things pertaining to sa mga uh, uh, ceremonial observance. And even in Colossians 2, verse 16 to 17, therefore there's no one, there is no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink, respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. These things are a mere shadow. They're just shadow. Of course, the real substance, substance, none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. So just shadows and uh, those ceremonials. So that's why Paul encouraged the Galatians, the believers, not to subject again to this yoke. It's very heavy to fulfill. That's why Jesus Christ liberated them. So we have known the promise of Christ, the liberty. We have known the commandments or the precepts to keep standing firm and do not subject again. The third point that we will be discussing is about perversion of Christ's freedom. So what's this perversion? Perversion, perversion is like uh, deviate or depart from or taliwas sa pinag-uutos. So this is the perversion. This is the error to avoid. So we have the promise to keep, the commandments to obey. Now the error to avoid. What are those? Those are the three verses from verse 2 to verse 4. Before we go to that, you will see I highlighted the you. So it means in verse 1, Paul was talking to the Christians. This time, he, he's, he was talking to the uh, false teachers and those Galatians that, are, that were swayed to the wrong teaching and, and subscribed to the salvation by works. So now, change the group that he is talking. So Paul was mentioning the you, and he addressed this that if you false teachers, if you who are depending your salvation by your own works, Christ will be of no benefit to you. Remember, Christ provided an atonement, uh, a satisfaction, actually it's a technical term, propitiation, a satisfaction to the, to the marred holiness of God. Only atonement of Christ can satisfy, can free us from this bondage. But if a person like Paul was uh, addressing, you remove yourself from this uh, benefit of Christ, then you will be exposed to the wrath of God. Remember, the blood of Christ was a covering 
to cover us from the wrath of God. When we stand before God, we will not uh, uh, scattered, meaning we will not be disintegrated, but we will be protected by the blood of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, but without the atonement and the blood of Christ. Without Christ in our lives, we will be exposed to the wrath of God. And verse 3 is, if you do this circumcision as a way of salvation, if you do this uh, circumcision as a means of salvation, actually, circumcision is just a message that there will be a change, that there will be a salvation. But the real circumcision was the circumcision of the heart, the removing of the dead flesh. But if you have the circumcision of the heart, you will remove your old flesh so circumcision is actually uh, a message of salvation, not the means of salvation. There's nothing wrong with circumcision. Uh, circumcision was the removal of the foreskin of a male genital, but there's nothing wrong, mostly due to health uh, reason. But the problem is on circumcision, if you make this as a way of salvation, then we have a problem. But if you are doing, sabi nga ni Paul, on those things, you are under obligation to keep the whole law. And there are so many of them. But the problem is, if you want to really be righteous using the law, okay, you have to follow the law and you cannot miss any single point on your entire life. Of course, nobody can do that. What do you think about your seatmates? I think he or she cannot do that. Because the moment we realize, no, we have uh, like in our toddlers or kids, even even as young as baby, no, they 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 only wants to cry. But as we go adult, our sin start to uh, accumulate. That's why it's norm for us to sin because we of our sinful nature, and then we have an obligation to keep the law, but we cannot do it. But there's one person who did perfectly all the law that is required. And who is that? Of course, no other choice. There's not so many choices. There's only one choice. The Lord Jesus Christ. Sabi niya sa, I think sa Matthew 5, I have come not to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. Galatians 3.19, then you are asking, what's the purpose of the law? Of course, the law is holy. The law is righteous. The law is good. The problem is we are not good. We are not holy. No, there's no problem with the law. The problem is with us. It was given because it was added because of our transgression, because of our sins. A law, the law is like a mirror. No? Pag, uh, every morning we, before we go to office, of course, we have to see a simple mirror at least to see whether our hair uh, okay, face, everything. I think, I think almost nobody will go to office without seeing the mirror. To see ourselves, no? to assess. It's the same as law. It's like a mirror to assess where are we. But once we broke even a single point of the law, it's like a mirror. You have broken everything. So, ganon katindi yung law. And another function of the law, the law, sabi grito sa Galatians 3.24, has become our tutor, our guide to lead us to Christ. For example, there, is, there will be a tour tomorrow in New York City to see the Statue of Liberty. 
So there will be a tour guide no, to show us. So this function of the law, as we see here in this text, to lead us to Christ. That was the purpose of the law. And then, of course, nakita natin the second um, point of perversion is we are, or the third one, is we are severed from Christ. Sabi doon, if you choose the salvation by works, then you severed from Christ. Meaning severed is cut off. You cut off yourself from Christ. And another one, you have fallen from grace. So once fallen, again, fallen from grace, maybe some of will be a bit con- confusing, but fallen from grace, and the first of all, was addressed to non-Christians. Because Christians, once you accept Christ, you are secured in the hands and mighty grace of our God. But this fallen addressed to non-Christians. Remember, verse 2, 3, and 4 was addressed to the Christians. To the non-Christians, to the false teachers, and those who subscribe to the salvations by works. And another thing is fallen from grace is a new tradition or a new translation. But the original word ng fallen from grace is actually to lose grasp of something. It means those who rely on salvation by works they lose the grasp of the truth. And what is truth? That salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ. So nakita natin, those false teachers and those uh, non-believers um, in his time was fallen. Or actually, they turned their back to Christ, from Christ. Maraming stories sa Bible that they have turned their back to Christ. I think one good example was the rich young ruler when he saw Christ, he tried to obey the law, the commandments, the rituals, and everything. But when he confronted Christ, and then he has many riches, and Jesus said, you sell everything, and then you follow me. But he cannot do it because he saw the richness better than Christ's glory. But Paul see the Christ's glory better and richer than everything. Hope and pray na makita natin sa buhay natin the richness of Christ's glory. So I give you a table to summarize Paul's teaching, I mean to compare Paul's teaching by grace and the legalism by bondage. So Paul's teaching was salvation by grace through faith, but the legalism or Judaizer teaching the salvation by works is a divine accomplishment according to the gospel preached by Paul. But in the legalism, you have to achieve your own uh, salvation by your own human works. In, in the gospel, there is benefit in Christ's atonement, but none in, in the legalism. In the gospel, you are freed from the curse of the law. In legalism, you are still under the curse of the law. And of course, in the gospel preached by Apostle Paul, you will have union with Christ, but in the legalism, you have separated your life from Christ. So that's how the gravity ng perversion ng, ng gospel, the distortion of the gospel, you will have no escape from the wrath of God. 
So we know the promise, we know the, per, the precepts, we know the, the perversion. Now we will go to the application. We can call it the practice of Christ's freedom. So one thing to know and one thing to practice. There's one story, I don't know where I really, I can't recall where I heard it, maybe from the Living Word, that there's one guy who purchased a ticket for a ship. And it's, it's an, it was an expensive ticket, so he came to realize maybe the food also were expensive. So what he did, he bring a tapaw, baon, biscuits, bread, and then drinks, water, juice, and then when he went, uh, embarked the ship, there are so many food and people are eating. So he's afraid that it's expensive. So he chose one corner to eat his own baon, his own bread and drinks. Hours and hours passed by. He's still in the same corner eating his own bread and drinks. And then when the ship arrived, of course, they have to disembark. And he started to disembark also. Along the way, people are still eating, eating, and eating. Then one guy asked him, why you are not eating? Then he get his courage and tell the reason, I don't have money. Then the guy said, it is free. Along everything you can eat here are free. Then he was really disappointed that he doesn't know the, the freedom that he has on that ship. So I hope we don't uh, forget our freedom. That's why in verse 5 to 6, Apostle Paul, again, shift the attention to the Christians, to the believers, and he used the pronoun we. In verse 1, he used the pronoun us, including himself. In verse 2, 3, and 4, he used the pronoun you, meaning he excludes himself. But this time, he goes back to the true believer. He addressed them as we. So we, in contrast to the false teachers in verses 2, 3, and 4. So makita natin una rito is, uh, uh, we can apply this actually, the following, especially in the midst of this uncertainty, in the midst of this anxiety, of this COVID-19. Let us be encouraged of these three words. First is faith. Faith as a true believers in Christ, we have faith. Not just a human faith because everybody can trust, everybody can exercise that faith. But the faith we are talking here is not natural, it's not human faith, but of divine faith. And that divine faith, as we can see, is energized and produced by the Spirit of God. So in this time, it was exercised during Paul's time, but in our time, even in the midst of this, especially in the midst of this uh, pandemic uh, situation, we, all, we have to exercise our faith. And that faith, as we pray, always keep on praying, is energized by the Spirit of God. So we have faith and exercise it. Next, we will see the word hope. As a true believer and follower of Christ, we are eagerly waiting for the hope of righteousness. The hope of righteousness, it means that one day we will be really righteous with God. 
When we receive Christ, we have not been totally perfect because we are still in our flesh, in our own body. We still committed sin. But the, the good thing is it is lesser and lesser as we come towards Jesus Christ. The Christ-likeness in our lives is turning into a different image. That's why we can see a conformity to Christ. But we have hope of righteousness. And the good thing is that hope is not a doubtful hope. Diba? One, sometimes we have a wish or a hope. Now, for example, I hope one day, you know, my Mr. Mr. Nice Guy, my, my, my partner will come. Or sometimes I hope it will not rain. But sometimes those are doubtful hope. But the hope that the Apostle Paul was talking here is the hope rooted, firm, solid, standing in, from the Word of God. So our hope really based on the Word of God. We have the evidence and the sure foundation that we have hope in Christ, in our freedom. Especially in the midst of this pandemic situation, we have to exercise our hope our freedom to hope, and that hope is in the Word of God. Another word that we can have here is love. If there is one outstanding character that we should have, I think one of them should be love. Uh, even Jesus Christ, his, a new commandment I give to you, he said, love one another. Sabi nga ni Jesus Christ, people will see that you are truly my disciples if you really love one another. That faith that is in us will produce actions that motivated out of love. Even Jesus Christ summed up the whole law. He said, first, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the other half is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. So you can see here the three words, faith, hope, and love. Remember 1 Corinthians chapter 13? There are so many gifts given to these Corinthian churches. But Paul said, the scripture said, only three remains. Faith, hope, and love. So as closing, the title of the message is a form of a questions. And we have seen the promise of Christ in freedom, the precept, the commandments to keep in freedom, the error or perversion that we should avoid, and then the practicality, the practice or application of Christ's freedom. I hope the question of are you really free, I hope that we can answer as resounding and affirmative and convincing yes. But to those who have not committed your life to Christ, the message is, don't fall from grace. Instead, come into His grace. Come into Christ. Receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you will experience the reality of freedom in Christ. So as encouragement for all of us in this uh, doubtful for this anxiety condition that we have, not only in Singapore, but all over the world. 
let me encourage you to say to live out our freedom by faith with the sureness of hope and act of love for the glory of Christ high above. Again, live out our freedom by faith with sureness of hope and act of love for the glory of Christ high above. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, O God, for your wonderful message to us that we are free from the bondage and curse of sin because of what Christ did. Lord, help us to live out this freedom first by faith that we will have faith and sureness that you will have that we will have your spirit guiding helping us we pray that we can have the sureness of hope as we live our freedom because in this midst in the midst of these troubled times we really need a sure hope and of course we pray an act of love that we can give even to our neighbor even to many people around us so that the Christ the glory of Christ our Lord and Savior be glorified highly. Thank you Father God we give you praise and honor in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you Pastor Evangelist Chairman SM Sam. SM Samakarai for that wonderful and encouraging reminder. Truly we've been reminded by that message that the freedom that Christ has given to us truly sets us free from all these bondages. And we thank God that even in this situation, you know, we can be assured that God is with us and He will keep encouraging us will keep us away from that, that fear and anxiety that we are facing right now. Let us all stand. Hallelujah. And let's sing this chorus. Hallelujah. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, raising grace. My chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. Love. An ending love. An ending love.
Exercising our faith and hoping in you. Father, we know, Lord, that you are in the lives of your people, oh God. So, Father, we just want to thank you and honor you, oh God. And we will not leave this place, Lord, without your mighty and holy presence. So, Father, we just want to thank you, glorify and exalt you, God. Let us all raise up our hands and receive the benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Have a blessed week ahead. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you.